hey, hey, hey. Good morning. Can you hear us? Welcome to Fellowship of Champions Virtual Church, eChurch. We are so excited to have each and every one of you. I am Pastor Sean Strickland here with my super cute husband, Pastor Edwin Strickland. We happen to have the privilege of pastoring the greatest partners on the planet, you. And we are so thankful that you have joined us and that God has called you to be a part of this ministry where we are teaching people how to walk in love, live by faith, and experience God's prosperity in every area of life. I am so excited to be here this morning. And when we get into it, you're going to know why I'm so excited. But what I need you to do in the meantime is that I need you to do some social media outreach. I need you to tell us where you're watching from. Hashtag live. Tell us where you're watching from. If you're watching the replay, I need you to hashtag replay and tell us where you're watching from. And then I need you to share this on your Facebook page, on your story, in in groups that you can share it in. Because I am telling you, this message is going to bless your socks off. We want to welcome our first-time visitor. If you are a first-time visitor here with us at eChurch, then go ahead and let us know that you're a first-time visitor so our virtual greeters can greet you this morning. We are so excited to have you here um, this morning. We are so excited about what God desires to do in your life, and we are so excited to, to have the awesome opportunity to preach this gospel. It is a privilege to be saved. Amen. It is a privilege to be filled with the Spirit, and it It is a privilege to be a preacher of the gospel. Hallelujah, right? So we want to encourage you, many of you, you've been watching for a while. If you haven't made a decision to become an FOC partner, go to www.focchurch.com. Scroll down and complete the partnership registration form. As you know, we are now over 500. Can y'all give some shouts, some fire, some hearts? Here we grow again, and our goal is 1,000. Our goal is really to reach the world. That is the thing that Pastor Edwin and I, one of the things we have in common is our desire is that we want everyone to not just be saved, but we want to see them live in victory. And as you know, getting saved is a starting point. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and then you need to get connected to a church, a teaching church that will teach you how to walk in love, live by faith, and experience God's prosperity. Miss Trina Hunt is saying that the fellowship, the forum would not allow her to complete it. So, um, so Pastor Raph and I worked on that. So if you tried to complete it recently, send me a message. If you tried to complete it like a week or two ago, then go back and try it again because that should be corrected. The link should be corrected now. All right. So listen, we want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast. We have so many ways that you can listen to us. It was so funny. The other day, somebody sends me a message and they say, y'all should have a podcast. I was like, girl, how many? How many? (laughs) We got podcasts. You got to plug in and see what's going on. Right. And, And so we're just super excited about that. And then we want to talk to you about our next huddle. Our next huddle is Sunday. May 28th at 11 a.m. Who was here for Resurrection Sunday? Baby, we had us a good time. We had us a good time. And listen, it's Memorial Day weekend. And we did that intentionally because sometimes people need to drive and, and, and you have longer time. And a lot of people from the DMV like Don, um, they want to stay a little while longer, right? And so what we want to do is we want to encourage you guys to come to the huddle on May 28th. And I want to tell y'all this, listen, I want to highlight Don right now as a virtual partner. 
even though Don told us, she said, don't even say I'm a virtual partner. I'm not a virtual partner. She says, I'm a partner, partner. Treat me like I live in Northwest Arkansas. <laughs> and she acts like she lives in Northwest Arkansas. And what do I mean by that? Don is talented and she plays several instruments. Mm -hmm. She noticed that there was a gap in the music ministry that she thought that we could, that they could win, that, that she could feel. And so she worked with Pastor Chris ordered bongos, worked on the music and showed up and baby, did she play them she bongos? Play those bongos. And, that, and I, I love that. I love the ownership she is taking for Fellowship of Champions, right? Yeah, because that's one of the things we talk about so many times. And I talked about it, especially when we came from the meeting in the hotel to first meeting on this campus. I said, everybody has to realize this is not Edwin and Sean's ministry. This is not Edwin and Sean and Pastor Ralph's ministry. It's not Edwin and Sean and a few other people's ministry. You have to go. You have to say, I am a partner of FOC. I have ownership because when you have ownership, you treat it differently rather than if you're just visiting or just renting. And so I appreciate all the people who who see FOC as a part of theirs, not just I come and visit Edwin and Sean or the FOC ministry, but this is my home. No matter where I live, FOC is part of it. I have ownership in it. And if FOC is your church, yes. let me hear from you this morning. Like, this is my church. Yes. I am invested in growing and becoming, but I am invested in using my gifts and talents mm -hmm. to help the ministry reach as many people as it can. And we love all the people who've joined prayer. We love all the people who have joined Ignite. Yep. And we want to encourage you to find your place because I can assure you, I don't care how great you love, how much you love the teaching and the prayer and the worship here. God has a place for you Amen. and work for you to Amen. do too. Amen. And we want you to get involved. Now, Amen. we got to say this. Dexter Lee just let everybody know he that he and his <laughs> lovely wife, they, they, they won best dress. They were shocked. Now, now they we didn't shocked. even have a best dress competition. They were shocked. But they came to Easter so sharp so that I, I created a competition. Baby, listen. That I created a competition. And then let them win it, right? <laughs> like, listen, real talk. Listen, I want to get into service this morning. I want to get into the teaching this morning. I want you to give hearts, fire. I'm telling y'all, listen, you're going to be so blessed by the teaching today. If you know us, you know that one of us is likely to have an, is likely to call an audible at any minute. And you know, one of us is like to have is likely to have notes planned out for six months. Now you know who is who, and you ain't got to tell nobody. <laughs> but I want to tell y'all that I woke up yet I yesterday morning when I saw Pastor Elwin. This dude has called an audible this morning, and he had a dream that was so powerful. That I want to tell you, I said to the Holy Spirit, you know that should have been my dream. <laughs> Because I'm a dreamer and he's not. I'm, not. I'm like, you, I'm like, I'm I go to sleep, know, I wake up. That'd be it. You know that should have been my dream. And you know what the Lord said to me? It was more powerful because it was his dream, because he doesn't dream it all the time. I want you guys to pray. I want you to get in position so this man of God can tell us about this dream that he had. Because I think it so goes with the guiding word. Literally, even though we went out yesterday and hung for black alumni, even when I was with people, I was thinking about the dream that you told me about. Like, I was just like, this is so amazing. This is so beautiful. All right. So let's pray and let's get started. All right. Most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we bless you. We honor you. We give you praise with much thanksgiving. We love you. 
We just thank you. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you that we are saved because of the finished work of Jesus. We thank you that we have been made new and we do not have to live in the bondage of sin. We thank you for the Holy Spirit who leads, guides, and directs us and helps us to live a life that's pleasing to you. We thank you for the church, the local church, the global church, and fellowship of champions. We thank you that you have used the church and the fivefold ministry to perfect us and we we thank you for this vision, this word, this dream that you have given our pastor that if we receive it properly will position us and it will catapult our life to live in another level of peace, another level of victory, another level of love, another level of security that we have never felt before. And we thank you for it now in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. So uh, I guess we'll just get started. Um, I, I want I mean, here's the thing. So if you were with us uh, on Resurrection Sunday, you know that we, we, we had a great time in the Lord. We did uh, last week. And then uh, this week, I was just I've, I've just been studying different things. And then on Wednesday, uh, the Wednesday teaching and refresh was 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 about uh, God's way being the best way. Uh, God's way is best. And, and so I had went back and I, I listened because sometimes when I'm in the studio, I'm more focused on actually the operational part of it than I am just just the message itself. So I went back on Thursday. You know, I was praying and reading and I, and I listened to the message again. And then I think it must have been Friday night. Right. Friday night. You went to um, go see some friends at the convention center for black alumni. And I, I, I stayed at home. And, uh, <laughs> and while I was home, I was just reading my word and I was kind of thinking, OK, Lord, what do we what are we going to talk about? Because we were talking about desire and some of those other things. And then we kind of paused and had Resurrection Sunday. So as I was thinking about that, I started thinking about, OK, what are we going to teach? And I literally said, OK, God, what do you want us to share with your people? You know, I didn't hear anything like right off the bat, whatever. I go to sleep. Okay, and this is where the dream starts, and this is why we're going to talk to you today from the title "Christ is the Answer." Okay, and, and, and let me just let me just share with you what happened in my dream, and I say that because she's right. I don't typically dream, and if I do, it's not something uh, that I even remember when I wake up. I, I go to sleep, I wake up. Um, typically Pastor Sean has these in-depth dreams where she gets to visit heaven and some of those other things. And she's always talking to me about how I could do that and stuff. And I'm like, that's cool, but I'm just going to go to bed. <laughs> and when the alarm clock go off, I'm going to wake up. And so I had no intentions of dreaming. Right. And so I go to bed um, and I start to dream. And here's what the dream was. In my dream, uh, I had uh, gone to pick up Jordan from school because I pick up Jordan on Tuesdays and Fridays typically uh, from school about 2.15. And so in my dream, I realize now I'm, I'm, I'm dreaming, but in my, I, I really thought this was happening at first. I drove to the school to pick up Jordan. And as soon as I got there, she texted me and said, hey, I'm working on a project that's probably going to be about another hour. And I texted her back and I said that instead of driving home, I would just wait in the parking lot on her. Uh, which is not uncommon for me to do. Even when she's getting her hair done or something, I'll just wait in the parking lot. But in my dream, I went to sleep in my dream. I'm so trying to keep you here. So I'm in my Ford F-150 waiting on Jordan. I'm, I'm dreaming this. But in my dream, I go to sleep. 
And in my dream, when I go to sleep, I end up in heaven uh, or, or what I assumed was heaven. Uh, and I'm having this interaction with God. And I say it was God because I remember in my dream feeling like I was so I was so small in his presence. Yet there was so much and I can't even describe it. There was just so much. I want to say joy and confidence and everything else surrounding us in that moment. So, uh, I, you know, I, I, I'm in my dream. I'm assuming, oh, am I thinking to myself, oh, wow, I'm talking to God. And, uh, and I say in my dream, I say, you know, I got to preach tomorrow. What do you want me to tell the people? <laughs> and, uh, and he makes a statement to me. And this is funny if you know me because you know this is kind of how it probably would go. He says, tell my people there's a Christ for that. And I was like, huh? And he was like, tell my people there's a Christ for that. And I was like, I don't get it. And in my dream, it was like almost like God snickered and he kind of laughed. And he said, come with me. And so he takes me and I don't know where we go, but we end up in all I can describe as like if you could imagine on earth, a cathedral that was just massive. And in this cathedral on the right hand side were just lines of people. I mean, just lines of people. And each one of them were kind of like if you I won't say a cubby, but they were like individual sets of people all through this line. And. Each one of those people were dealing with something. I mean, it was like, and you could tell what it was. It was like grief. It was like depression. It was brokenness. It was, it was loneliness. It was, it was everything, physical sickness, mental illness, um, sexual perversion, addiction. I mean, just, just everything. And it was all of these people. And, and they were just on the right-hand side. And I, I remember asking God, I said, you know, I, I was like, what do you want me to tell these people? They're, they're hurting. And he says, tell them there's a Christ for that. And, and it, I still, it still didn't register for me because I didn't get, I didn't, I'm too literal, I guess, even in my dream. I didn't get the language. And all of a sudden, he, he takes my shoulders and he turns me so that I'm looking down this long corridor, okay? And in this long corridor, all I see is this very bright, illuminating light. And in my mind, I'm thinking, this has gotta Jesus. be Jesus. I like, this gotta, gotta be Jesus. Jesus. He doesn't do anything except starts walking toward me. And as he's walking toward me, I'm like mesmerized by, by this translucent, glow of power and energy and light and all this stuff. But then God directs me back to the right side of the room and every place that Jesus had passed, every person who was suffering with something, it literally changed. He didn't say a word. He didn't lay hands on them. He just passed them by. So the, and I remember the person who was so grief stricken. And I guess in my mind, they, I don't know why that particular individual stood out to me, but they were clearly heartbroken by something. 
And I don't know what it is. I ain't trying to make it up. But they were clearly heartbroken. And when Jesus passed by, the joy, the light that got into their life, and they were just praising him. And, and it was like everything changed at the instant. And I remember he was getting closer and closer and closer. And then in my dream, there was a loud noise. And, and I remember him saying, tell them there's a Christ for that. And in my dream, Jordan came and knocked on the window. But in reality, you had got up and went outside the door and shut the door. And that's when I woke up. And I was like, oh, wow. And so then I started looking up, like, what, what does that mean? And we, I told you about the dream. And I was like, why would he use the language? There's a Christ for that. So I went and I was reading yesterday because I was just so, even though we were out with people, I was just thinking, what does that mean? And I started reading and I remember that originally Jesus was considered to be the Jewish Messiah. He was the, he was the savior for the Jews. But then once they realized he wasn't just a savior for the Jews, they started calling him things like Jesus of Nazareth, or they would call him Jesus, the son of Joseph. But it wasn't until after uh, the apostle Paul came and after, right, we had, we had Resurrection Sunday last week. It wasn't until after the resurrection and then after he appeared uh, to them 40 days later that they started calling him Jesus the Christ. Christ is not his last name. He was Jesus from Nazareth. He was Jesus, the Jewish Messiah. He was Jesus, the son of Joseph. And then he became Jesus Christ. That word Christ literally means anointing or the anointed one or the one who carries the anointing. The anointed one and anointing. so it made sense when he said, tell them there's a Christ for that. In other words, whatever problem you have, there's an anointing to break the back of whatever problem you're having. He said, that's what I need you to communicate to my people. And so yesterday was, was, was a fun day talking to friends we hadn't seen. But all I could think about in the back of my mind was what we were going to talk about this morning, how Christ is the answer. And, it's, and I guess you're right. It's so powerful because I don't dream like that. And I certainly don't dream where I can remember it. But he said, tell them there is a Christ for that. Christ for what? I cut people off too early. There's a Christ for that. I got a bad attitude. There's a Christ for that. I got a blood disease. There's a Christ for that. There is an, an anointing, anointing for, for that. that. I need you to put that in the comment. There is an anointing for that. Yes. Now, I want us to stop for a second, and I want us to pray into that. Because I believe that when you get a word of this magnitude, right? I believe you want to steward it possible, like you want to steward it the right way. I said to Pastor Elwin, I said, forget whatever we were teaching. Right. Forget whatever we were teaching, because here's the reality, guys. Until we put Jesus in his proper place as the one who carries the anointing mm -hmm. to break every chain, to break depression, to break identity confusion, to break rebellion, to break that you were molested, to break that you're misunderstood, then we keep treating him like an option when he is the only answer. He is not an option. He is the only answer. And the thing, I guess, as I've been thinking about, the thing that struck me, um, and, and really has just been like on my mind is when he walked by 
He didn't require anything of them. They just needed to be in his presence. It wasn't about their perfection. It wasn't about, it was, it was brokenness meant something that wasn't broken. Oh God. And it, it, and it couldn't stay broken anymore. And I think sometimes people are waiting to get themselves right or they're waiting to, to do something when he is literally just seeking us to get in his presence, that in his presence, things that are, are, that are, that are broken, things that are battered, things that are torn, they get repaired in his presence. They get, they get rebuilt in his presence. Whatever problem you have, there is a Christ for that. There is an anointing for that. for that. There is a Christ for that. And, and he, it was like it just kept resonating over and over and over that, that literally his presence heals, his presence rebuilds, it restores, it mends. I mean, it was just like I, I literally got a thesaurus and just started looking up words. I'm like, because he his presence does so much. His presence delivers. It delivers. It sets free. Yes. It resets your mind. It breaks chains. It breaks chains. Generational curses. Now I want to <laughs> I, I want to pray and then I want to talk about what I understand from what you say. Okay. Most gracious Heavenly Father, you we thank you for this word that you would give us. Every word that you have is backed with the power to bring itself to pass. Now, you said that anytime we could see, hear, and understand that our eyes would be flooded with light and that we would be converted and healed. So we're asking, Holy Spirit, to align us with this truth. Wherever we have not allowed Jesus, not seen Jesus, not properly perceived his presence as the answer, we ask for a shift and an illumination. Whatever we have tried to manage in our own strength with willpower for whatever we thought we had to maintain and just make do, we invite the Christ we invite the presence of God to come encounter us and deal with everything that is not from God. We invite the anointing to come and break every yoke, to remove every burden, to break every chain, to smear us, to transform us, and to change us, and to so catch us on fire that as we are walking throughout our lives, we are literally leading people into this encounter in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Now, what I thought was so beautiful about this is that I believe that one of the challenges, and you and I talk about this a lot, mm -hmm. one of the challenges for people is that they come to church and they get to know church and they even memorize scripture, mm -hmm. but they don't get to know Jesus. Yeah. Now, I know that it is possible for you to know lots of scripture and not know Jesus because the Pharisees and the Sadducees modeled that for us. Yeah. They were the experts of the text, but they could not recognize the person. And one of the things that people, probably the question people ask me the most is, how do I hear from God? To which I say to them, how do you live not hearing from God? And what I realize is that we have been taught to know about him, but you don't get free from knowing about him. Right. You get free from knowing him. 
and the way that you know him, like one of the scriptures that you use um, is that you use Matthew 11 and 28. Mm -hmm. It says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Mm -hmm. There is no freedom in the memorization of that. Right, right. This scripture must become revelation. How would it become revelation? Jesus, I am coming to you through the Holy Spirit that you have left as a God. I am the one who's weary. I am the one who is burdened and I don't know how to get rest. Mm -hmm. Right. And then I allow him to begin to speak to me and to minister to me and to engage me so that I begin to give him what I'm carrying. Mm -hmm. And the challenge is, is that church was only ever designed to be a place that would educate us and invite us into encounter. Mm -hmm. And many of you are still can't, because what I think is interesting about your vision is that those people were in a church. Mm -hmm. It was a cathedral. Mm -hmm. So he's not talking about people in the world. Mm -hmm. In this vision to me, what mm -hmm. I saw mm -hmm. is that these are people who have mm -hmm. accepted Jesus, mm -hmm. but because they only know about him, because they have settled mm -hmm. for the memorization of scripture, because they have settled for shouting and not encountering they have accepted him, but they still live under the bondage that he set us free from, according to Colossians. Mm -hmm. And so this is not a place that you get by formula. Yeah. What we can do, as long as we're teaching about this, is we can say, here's a step, here's a step, but it's no formula to this. The, the freedom is in the surrender I want to know you. So that was the thing that really stuck out to me. We weren't in a, in your vision. You weren't in a field. No. Nope. You weren't. You were in something that was All clearly identified was, to you yes. as a church. Yes. So it says he is saying to his people, mm. there is no reason for you to be carrying this, but you must bring your entire life to me. Yeah. That's what I took from what you yeah. said. And I think so much of it is, is so many times I think we intellectually know that Christ can deliver us. I think we intellectually know Matthew eleven twenty eight. right? Come to me all who are weary and burdened and I'll give you rest. I think we have to remember the reason that Jesus can say that with such confidence to us is because literally he has he has he has had the burden of every single one of those problems. Yes, and he's conquered it. So he's Glory. he's giving us the answer not by trial and error, but by what he's already went through. So when he was passing by those people, you know, he didn't even he didn't have a bag that he was trying to reach out and give each person. You know, I just went back and thought about this so many times. He wasn't trying to give them something different. He wasn't reaching back. It was him. It's he him. was giving them him, him by walking by them it's in your him. presence. And even though those needs and those desires that they had were varied, everything each person needed was contained in the in same him. person. In him. In him. In, that's what There's I'm a Christ for that. In, it's in him yes. I live and move and yes. have my being. Yes. Right? Yes. And and I think the I, I think what 
I think what we have to do is exalt Jesus as the supernatural solution for every problem. Mm -hmm. Jesus is we the We have to see him as the supernatural answer to every problem. Put that in the comments. Jesus is the supernatural answer to every problem. Now I want to give you a practical example. If I am having trouble getting a job, right? He may lead me to work on my resume. He may lead me to apply for a job in a new city, right? He may lead me to have somebody to help me interview better, mm -hmm. right? But ultimately, he is the supernatural solution to joblessness. He is. He is. He is. He is. And I think that what we do, if we're honest, is that we see Jesus as one of the options. Or in many cases, we see him as the final option rather than the first option. Yes. So I want to use this example. I know Jordan loves me, but the truth of it is, is that Jordan really don't ask me for much because Jordan really thinks her father is her supply. Would you not agree with that? Oh, I totally agree. No, this is the truth. I can pick Jordan up from school. Yep. Ask, ask her, her if she wants something to eat. Yep. She will say, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. She will ride all the way home with mm -hmm. me, talk about her day, get home, walk in, look at her dad and say, dad. Can you go get me something to eat? Can you go get me something to eat? When she has the option to pick something other than her father, she doesn't. Yeah. What do you pick to relieve mm. your pain? Mm. What do mm. you pick mm. to alleviate mm. what's bothering you? You pick sweets, mm. you pick TV, mm. you pick sex, wow. you pick relationships that you're not. Come on, Chris. There's not another option yeah. for her. Right. And I said to her one day, I said, Jor, you can let me do it. And you know what she said to me? It's just better when my daddy do it. Yeah. I used to ask her, why didn't you? Why don't you ask your mama? I said, you were, you were with your mom. Why didn't you just tell her you wanted something to eat? She said, I just like it when you do it. I like it when you do it. The challenge for many of us is because we don't really know him. We don't like it when he does it mm. because we haven't spent enough time with mm. him to understand mm. his ways. Mm. So we look for a shortcut to alleviate the pain mm. and we end up with addictions. Mm. We end up in sin. Mm -hmm. We end up in annoying because it's not, there's nothing wrong with trying to get your pain healed. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with wanting more money. There is nothing wrong with wanting to be loved. The problem is, is that you will circumvent the one who loves you most to get what you want. Yeah. And, and, and that is that is oh that's good that's really what Jesus was saying when you think about John 16 and 33 right mm -hmm. because we're not trying to tell anybody out there that life can't be difficult we're not trying to downplay anybody's pain listen someone being molested someone being abused someone having food insecurity someone not knowing where the, where, the, where their next meal's going to come from where they're going to sleep someone who's been mistreated by people who are supposed to take care of them we're not trying to diminish that at all 
We're not trying to say that you need to just suck it up and get over we it. We are not. We are not saying that at all. What we're saying is that life is difficult. And because life is difficult, we need a savior. We need someone who can not only save us from the from, from what's coming after we leave here, we need a savior for this Lord, for this life we live right now. And if you look in John 16 and 33, Jesus says this. He says, I've told you these things, talking about what's going to happen in the world. He says, I've told you these things. So, why? So that in me, you may have what? Peace. He says, I, I'm telling you that all of this stuff in the world is going to transpire. And you being born again doesn't, as we always say, it does exempt not you exempt you from, from life's challenges. challenges. So you're going to have challenges in life. He says, but I'm telling you all of these things so that in me, you will have peace. He says, in this world, you will have what? Trouble. He says, but take heart. Take heart. Know that when, it, when, when I saw take heart yesterday, all I thought was, oh, there's a, there's, a, there's a Christ for that. He says, but take heart. In other words, he says, be aware, be conscious that what you're going through is not greater than who you are. It, 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 we say it all the time. Uh, what's the scripture we use all the time? Greater is he that is in, in me than he that is in the world. He says, take heart. He says, I have already what? Overcome the world. So if he's overcome the world and we are in him, then we too can say we are world overcomers. We are world overcomers. And I mean, when it, when it shifts your way of thinking about what you're going through. It shifts your way of thinking about who, where your answer lies. You know your answer is in Christ. And if you are in Christ, you have access to every answer. That's why, that's why I changed the title to Christ is the answer. There's an anointing for that. There's a Christ for that. But he's saying Christ is the anointing one. The anointed one is the answer. You guys need to share this, but you really need to press into this. One of the things I really want to say about this scripture right here, he says, I have told you these things so that what? In, In me? me, you may have peace. So I see a lot of people on social media, media putting these things up in an attempt to protect their peace. Peace is not a thing. Peace is a person. Mm -hmm. Jesus is peace. What many of you are trying to protect is idolatry or an illusion. Mm -hmm. It's not peace. Mm -hmm. Jesus is peace. He says in me is where you're going to so find So what peace. people are trying to do is you're trying to create an atmosphere that is not that is not filled with peace, mm -hmm. which is Jesus, in order to have peace. Yeah. That's why every year some of you got to break up with your friends. Yeah. That's why every year you can't, I, I, I just got to keep my peace. I can't have a difficult conversation. I just got to keep my peace. Peace is a person, the person of Jesus Christ. I don't get peace because I like candles. Mm -hmm. I don't get peace because the music is soft. Mm -hmm. I get peace because Jesus is my answer. One of the things I love about our house, yeah, people come to our house all the time, all the time they and they say, people come to our house and sit on our couch and go to sleep. Yeah. And they say, there is so much, we had a repairman come to our house mm -hmm. and say, there is so much peace in this house. I think that was probably the first time that I ever kind of went, okay, wait a minute. Maybe it's something to that. And I, and I say that because when our friends come over, you know, they're just comfortable. I, in, in my mind, I'm thinking they're just comfortable. They want to go to sleep. They want to rest. They want a good time. You know, whatever. That's fine. But we started having literally repair people who would come and would just say, 
this, I think the second time was the guy who you're talking about when he just said, I just have to tell you. He said, there is such a sense of peace in this house. He said, I got to go to another job. He said, but I just, I would just like to just stay here. And I was like, you can't stay here, but you got to go to your next job. But, but I get what he was saying, though. But that is because Jesus is, dwells in yes, our house. Yes. Jesus dwells in our house. Now, I want to give some of you an example of how you lose peace in your house. I made a post this morning about proper perspective and Jesus being more important than anything. Some of you love your kids so much that you will allow your kids to do things in your home that violate oh, Jesus. Yeah. And so mm. you love your children so much mm. that you will allow your kids to do things in your that home that you know violate that you know everything violate that Jesus stands peace. for. Yeah. And then you wonder why there is no, no peace. peace in your home. Mm. You will live in sin. I, 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 can we? Can we? Can we not? Can, what? can we help them not blame the kids? Some of y'all are doing things. Well, some of y'all are doing in things. your home. Some of y'all are doing <laughs> not things. just your kids. And and as as you were telling me about the dream, here was the thing that kept resonating with me. Pastor Edwin and I met, and he was. I'm gonna say strict because you want to pass it in, okay? Because okay. so me and strict, we met fast, we married fast. We actually lived together for two months before we mm -hmm. got married. Mm -hmm. When we would go visit my grandmother, my grandmother would say, I don't care what y'all do in Conway. Even we would, even though we were engaged. I don't care like, I don't what y'all do in Conway. Yeah. We don't dishonor this house. Yeah. This is Jesus' house. Now, some of you, you say, God, I thank you for my house, but you cuss in there. Mm. God, I thank you for my house, but you laid up with somebody that you know God don't want you with. Mm. Peace is a person. And the Bible tells us this about the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is like a dove. Mm -hmm. And he will not fight to be mm -hmm. in our He's space. Gentle. He's gentle. He's gentle. So if I grieve the Holy Spirit, while the Holy Spirit is everywhere, he will not abide in my space if I do not honor mm -hmm, him. Mm -hmm. And my, I remember my grandma said to me, she said, listen, because my grandma was tripping because I had met you and was going to get married so fast. This is what she said to me. She said, now, Sean, on August 20th, if you ain't married, you go move on about that house. Mm -hmm. She said, because what you not going to do is disrespect Jesus and me mm -hmm. shacking up with that boy mm -hmm. is what she said. Mm -hmm. And she said, I don't care. Listen, my grandmother was so serious about this that when she had cancer and somebody in my family who was living with somebody wanted to move her in, she said, I do not live yeah. in the house of Shackers. Yeah. And she stayed in her own house. And she stayed in her own house. And she said, and you not go shack here. But the truth of it is, is that because we have misappropriated who we need most. Yeah. We have, we, we, we think God gave me these kids. He would never. God gave me this husband. He would never. Or you think I, this per nobody has ever loved me so well. So I will violate Jesus to have pseudo peace. Mm -hmm. I will violate Jesus. And so what has to happen if this is really going to work is that Jesus must be exalted to the highest place in our life. Mm -hmm. 
We must exalt him to the highest place. I watched this mother. I was so sad the other day, babe. I ain't even tell you this. And she said that her children told her, two of her children, she had five, I think. And two of her children said, we don't believe in Jesus. And if you speak about Jesus, you cannot come to our house. So she had asked her pastor what to do. And her pastor said, you shouldn't want to be in the house Jesus is in need. Yeah. And she was like, but I love my kids so much. And he said to her, that's your problem. Yeah. You love your kids more than you love Jesus. Yeah. So to me, what part of it aligning with this, allowing us to be, the truth of it is, is that many of us love our grief more than we love Jesus. Yeah. Because our grief keeps us connected to the person that we love so much that is transitioned. for people who have a hard time with that language, okay. who says, I don't love my grief more than I love Jesus, but you identify okay. more I with the will grief. Take that. You identify more with the grief than you do with the power of Jesus to give you peace. And because whatever you identify, because people will argue with you around the language, right? Okay. They'll, they'll argue like with you that. around the fact. They'll say, no, I don't. I don't, I don't love sin more than I love Jesus. I don't love doing X, Y, Z more than I love Jesus. But you, and, and so fine, you don't. But what you do is you identify with that more than you do Jesus. And whatever ooh, you identify ooh, with the most is what, you is what you're in. going to live by. It's, it's what, what you're going, going to become. In. It's what you're going to live in. And so it's important for people to understand good, that that we 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 are all going to suffer grief. We all are going to have difficult times in our life. We're all going to face trials. We're all going to have some hardships. But Jesus Christ is the one who gives us the strength to persevere through that, to overcome. If it's if it's if we don't do it through him, it's it's, it's what you used to say all the time. We are trying to get a legitimate need met through an illegitimate source. Ooh, and anytime good. you try to get a legitimate need met through an illegitimate source, you're going to produce what we call an Ishmael in your life. Idolatry. You're going to create mm -hmm. something in your life that's going to plague you for the rest of your life because you're trying to get something legitimate through an illegitimate means. That is why when you read Matthew 11 and 28, I thought it was so good when it says, come to me all ye that are weary and burdened and I'll give you rest. But you got to finish it and look at Matthew 11 and 29, because in Matthew 11, 29, he then says, take my, my yoke up on you. you and what? And learn from me. See, that's the part. He says, listen, don't just come to me. Right. It's great to come that's to me good, because babe. I want you to know that I'll take all of your weariness. I'll take all of your burdens. I will give you the rest. But it's not magic. You, you, you got you to learn, learn from me. From me. You got to let me teach you how to do it. You got to believe that I can replace that grief with joy. I know that you had the miscarriages. I'm not trying to discount that pain. I know that's real. I know you lost your mother, your grandmother, your father, your grandfather. I know you lost your best friend. I get that you lost the job. I understand the doctor gave you a bad report. I need you, though, to forget about that stuff and learn about me. And take my it, it, yoke. Take my yoke upon you. Wait, because but, I've taken yours. I've already, listen, I've already taken everything that you ever thought you could go through. I, I took that. Now I need to give you mine because what I have, the yoke that I give you, he says, it's, it's, it's different because I'm humble in heart. He says, and then you will find rest for your what? 
soul, not your spirit, for your soul. He's talking, he's not talking about a great after in heaven. He says, listen, I need you to do this now so that I can cause peace to come into your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, your imagination, and your intellect. I want to consume you with this peace, but you got to learn that I am peace. And then you have to be willing to take my yoke because I've already taken yours. How many of you getting something from this today? Can you put what you're getting in? Can you share this one more time? But I'm, let's look at this scripture. What's like the purpose of a yoke? Mm. The purpose of a yoke is training. Mm -hmm. They they train they oxen, the oxen. Yep. with a yoke to train them to stay on the path. Yep. So you could insert training there. Mm -hmm. Take my training up on you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your, for your mind, will, emotions, intellect, and imagination. Yes. Now I want you to think about this and this is such a perfect example. So we have two dogs, Harley and Maggie. Mm -hmm. And Harley and Maggie are trained with a collar buzzer. Yes. But now you are about to train them with what is the equivalent of a yoke. Yes. Okay. It is a collar a prong, that, right? a pr that a teaches collar. them not to pull, mm -hmm. not to run away from you, mm -hmm. right? They only get hurt if they pull away that's from right. you. That's it. You better hear what I'm saying. That's, that's, that's it. The collar I, I, I am literally mean. getting ready to teach them that there's that safety is staying close to me. Oh, that's good. They only get hurt. That's good. Now the collar, the collar seems it restricted. Looks, it looks restricted. It looks, it looks restricted. Mm -hmm. But the collar oh, that's is designed. Good. Oh, that's good. The collar is designed yeah. that to train them to stay close to their Lord. Listen, and it says, for I am gentle and humble in heart. So when I ordered the prong collar, I didn't like the fact that it had those little things on the end. So I ordered rubber tips for them. Why? Because I want to train them, but I don't want to break them. God wants to train you. He doesn't want to break you. It's the reason that he will that, that he he will he will train you. He will give you multiple opportunities to get it right because he's he's not trying to break you. He's trying to teach you how to stay close. He's trying to teach you oh, how to good. take his training. That's good. And it's it is your Somebody, pulling. You are, baby, you better, better share hear this what one. I'm Push saying. It out, baby. Being, right, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. It is <laughs> my pulling away from him that's injuring me. Mm -hmm. He is not injuring me. Mm -hmm. In fact, one of the things they teach you about walking a dog on a leash is that you never hold the leash strong. Mm -hmm. You actually hold the leash loose in your hand because you are not supposed. So for all of y'all who walk your dog yeah. and you have to you do this to, to walk your, yeah. you're not supposed to need yeah. two hands to yeah. walk your dog. Yeah. If you're using two hands to walk your dog, this dog is not untrained. Okay. Your dog is yeah. not trained. The Lord don't need two hands to guide oh you. God. He ought to be able to loosely hold mm. it in his hand mm. and you stick so mm. close to him that even when a bird comes, even when a cat comes, even when another dog comes, you say, my safety is in staying close to him. And, 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 and anytime you feel a little tension, you, you roll up. Let me get back close. I'm getting too far away. I'm getting too far away. Let me, I, I, if I feel the tension, 
If I feel the tension in the prong, it, it, the Holy Spirit is, is, is restraining me. I don't fight and keep going. I stay close to the fire. Wait, but Kim done took <laughs> us to the next level because ultimately that's the goal. Mm -hmm. She said, I don't need nothing to walk mm -hmm. my dog. They obey my they voice. Obey my voice. <laughs> that is so the, the truth of fight. it is, and because people don't understand this, in the beginning, God uses a prong mm, collar. Mm -hmm. You don't know what's safe. <laughs> Listen, you I, don't know what I, he had to use a shot collar for me, and I appreciate it. When I first got <laughs> when I first got started, I had to have a shot collar, and I appreciate it. But then he he progressed to a prong collar, and I, I I'm thankful now that I've grown in my maturity level. As Kim has said, I can walk with God, and I don't have to have all these anti what's going to happen to me things now i'm following him and i'm staying close because i know that's what my safety is i love him so much i appreciate him for what he's done now i'm sticking close because i want to not because i have to if this is blessed come on guys the truth of it is and i love that nathaniel was honest <laughs> enough to say i need the shot collar but here's what i want you to invite you to I want you to meditate on loving him so much mm -hmm. that you don't need shock to obey. Mm -hmm. You don't need mm -hmm. pain to obey. Yes. It ought to get to the point yes. that when I am, it ought to get to the point that I don't need to get it, to know that I'm going to get in trouble not to disappoint mm -hmm. Jesus. Mm -hmm. I don't have to look down the road and say, come on, put that in the comments. Say, I don't need pain to obey. Mm -hmm. I don't need. That's so funny. I because I asked Jordan this week. We were talking about something with her schoolwork, and I and I, I I thought I said something to her in kind of a a a hard manner, you know. And I, and I said to her afterwards, I said, "Do you think that I get upset with you sometimes, or I'm talking too rough to you?" She looked at me and she said, "No." She said, "Whatever you say to me, you say to me because you love me." So so even when I think I said something harsh to her she's like i didn't think it was harsh she said because whatever you say to me you only say because you love me so so she didn't even take correction as 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 something bad she saw that as love wouldn't it be wonderful if we got to the place that every time god said something to us all we saw was love we didn't even see it as correction we just saw it as love i'm like man i gotta grow <laughs> but again to circle back you don't get that from hearing my experiences about Jesus. Right, right. You, you, you have to use my experiences about Jesus to invite your, to invite him to have your own experiences mm. about Jesus. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and, and here is, here is a great example. The more we know someone and, and I say this all the time and, and we're going to let you at the end, before we finish, I want us yeah. to come back to illegitimate need. Okay. I want us to talk about that. But, but let me tell you something. I love that Chris said, I released the lie that pain is safety. Mm -hmm. I, I think that you would confirm this. I do not obey God to avoid getting in trouble. I don't think a lot about trouble at all. Mm -hmm. I think about how much I love him. And this is one of the guards in my life. When I get in my flesh and I want to do my own thing, Right. Especially, let me say this, especially when I feel like somebody mishandled me and then I want to handle them. Mm -hmm. I let me tell you how I pull myself back. I remind myself that nothing anyone could ever do to me 
would compare to the cross. Right. It is my anchor. When I think, when that, when my flesh rise up and be like, they don't know who they messing with yep. and they didn't have to treat me like that. I say to myself, but Sean, the truth of it is, is that you were at least born into sin, even if you mm -hmm. didn't do nothing directly mm -hmm. to them. Jesus was 100% perfect. He and he took a penalty. He became, he became we sin. Yes. And I'm telling you, it is not that I don't ever want to get with people. It is that I have trained myself. I have let his yoke train me. I have let his yoke constrain me. I have let his yoke reset my mind to say, I don't get to do. And I think this is the thing that is missing out of Christianity. I don't get to do what I want to do because I do not belong to myself. Yeah, that's it. I do not belong to myself. Right. Yep. And so I think in Philippians 413, we say we love to quote, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens, mm -hmm. gives me strength. But I think we think about that like I can get out of debt. I can get the right. house. I can get the promotion. I think we should think about it. I can stop cursing. Mm -hmm. I can stop sinning. I can stop doing the things that God told me not to do. I can stop carrying grief. I can stop rehearsing the yeah. past. I, I I think we use it in like, oh, I can go out and what score we can, 30 what, points. What, what we can get as opposed to what we can overcome. Y yes. We, we use yes. that scripture as what we can get as opposed to what we can overcome. I can do all things. What can I do? I can stop being anti what the word of God says I am. Through Christ. I, through Christ who strengthens me because I have been born again. Therefore, I am a new, new creature, creature in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So therefore, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can get rid of this old nature. I can, I can get rid of having to have the shot collar to do right. I can get rid of having to have the prong to do right. I can become the person who walks with God because it's, it's not just the right thing to do. It is my good pleasure. I love doing it. I transition from just trying to not get in trouble to a place of I am I am in absolute awe and love with the person who is Christ Jesus. You know, and, and I wrote this, I actually did put this, I think, in one of our banners. There's a part of our guiding word, um, and, it, and it goes along with that. It says, believe my words and watch as great ease shall come over you as you trust in me and watch this, let me walk with you. He says, listen, when you learn of me and you start to walk, keep me with you, right? He says, when we partner together, all of those things that have held you in bondage, all those things we were just talking about, he says, they will be destroyed. Why? Because they get destroyed, not because of my willpower, but they get destroyed because in Christ, they can't survive. All bondage can't survive in, in bad relationships can't survive anxiety can't survive depression can't survive lack can't survive in the presence 
of Christ. That's why when he, in that dream, when he was walking by each one of them, every single one of them was being delivered. Why? Because that's what the anointing does. It breaks every bondage and destroys every yoke. It's why he says, listen, get rid of that yoke you're carrying. It doesn't belong to you. I took that at Calvary. You take mine. Mine is easy. Mine is light. That's so good. Listen, and I want you to think about this. So when scripture says, if I be lifted up, I'll mm. draw all men unto me. He is not talking about, now ain't, ain't nothing wrong with this. We ain't gonna right, stop right, doing right. it. He's not talking about just shouting the name Jesus. Right. He is saying, if you will exalt Jesus mm -hmm. to his proper place in your life, mm -hmm. that he will draw all men unto him, right? That at the name of Jesus, this is not me shouting Jesus. This is reminding myself that there is nobody or nothing greater That's than it. him. So what it transitions us from is a people who go to church and sing nobody greater than him and go home and cuss our family right. out. Right. It transitions us from a people that says nobody greater than him, but we're anxious about money mm -hmm. all the time. He wasn't inviting us to just chant Jesus. It was an invitation to put him where he belongs on the throne of our hearts. Yes. He, he is in essence saying, put me in first place and not your own human flesh and abilities. Put me in first place. And, and and that is, you know, and we can close with this if you want. We I don't know when we'll, I mean, we're just gonna talk because we're gonna spend the week talking about this, I'm sure. But and studying but, all the scriptures. <laughs> but but you know, I think about one of my favorite scriptures over there in Jeremiah 17, right? In Jeremiah 17, 5 and 7, and we've taught this here at Fellowship Championship so many times, but I was like, man, here we are again, because it really is a foundation of what he's trying to teach. You just said it. He's saying, put me in my rightful place. Put me in my rightful place. Don't have anything else above me, right? And he literally says this. He says, this is what the Lord says. It says, cursed, that means empowered to fail. Cur put that in the comments. We got 75 of y'all. Put in the comments. He says, cursed means empowered to fail. He said, empowered to fail are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength, and who turn their hearts away from the Lord. Remember, he says, where our hearts supposed to be? Turn toward him. He says, so he said, you're going to be empowered to fail if all you can do is put your trust in your own ability or even other people. I love you. I do. But I can't put my trust, not everything about life in you. Agreed. There are some things that you just can't do. And if I put my trust in you, you're going to fail and I'm going to be disappointed. I am going to fail. He says, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. He says, they are like stunted shrubs in a desert. Not just shrub in a desert, but a, a stunted shrub. He says, with no hope for the future. And I think that's where so many people, and I had never thought about the fact that I was in that dream, that it was in a cathedral. And that more, I guess in my mind, I was thinking these are people who are hurting, you know, out there in the world. And now that you say it, I'm like, man, we, that place looked just like a massive cathedral. Those were church people. Those were people who knew Jesus. They, they knew of him. They at least accepted it. They at least accepted it. Yes. And, I, and, that's, and he says, but they had no hope for their future. They were so focused on their grief, on their lack, on everything else. It was consuming them, even though God was in the place. 
It says they will live in the barren wilderness in an uninhabitable, salty land. It says, but blessed. I love but because but cancels out everything that came before and it solidifies everything that comes after it. It says, but blessed, empowered to prosper are those who trust in the Lord and who have made the Lord their hope and their confidence. It says they are like trees that have been planted by a riverbank. In their roots, they stretch out and they reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by heat. They are not worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green. God. He says, and they never stop producing fruit. They stay green in every situation. No matter what I'm going through, I stay green. Why? Because I I'm stay planted. Connected. I stay, stay connected. connected. I'm rooted by the by living water. I want you to go back to the first verse in that, though. I think it's verse five. I want you to look at what it says, though. It says, empowered to fail mm -hmm. are those who put their trust in mere humans. Mere humans. Mere humans. Now, I want us to stop and think. A lot of people take a lot of pride in the fact that they don't trust other people, but you trust yourself. Mm -hmm. That's why I say you're sick. You trust you, yourself. You're human. Right. You're human. Yeah. That's why Psalm 62 says my expectation it's is from, from God. And him alone. And him only yes. do I trust. I always say this. There is not a scripture that tells you to trust people. It's not. Scripture tells you to trust God. Psalms 3, I mean, Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all your mm -hmm. heart and lean not to your own understanding. Mm -hmm. Literally, some of us have been betrayed because we trusted a person who at one time mm -hmm. was trustworthy. Mm -hmm. And because they were at one time mm -hmm. trustworthy, mm -hmm. we ignored that they were mm -hmm. no longer trustworthy because we put our trust in our own ex our own evaluation mm -hmm. of who somebody was. Yep. Some of you are offended and injured by people right now yep. that had you paid attention to the Holy Spirit, they never would have got to yep. injure you because he told you to pull back. He told you not to date them. He told you not to marry them. He told you that, right? Now, Nate, I got to correct this. That's obeying Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. That's what it's doing. Trusting in the Lord. Nate, it's not that humans are meant to fail. Humans will fail apart from God. Right. We're not meant We're to not fail. We're not meant to fail. We both, both as we, a result of sin, we, we have a failed nature. We have a failed nature. Now go back to prop, go back to Jeremiah 17. Oh, but we've been born again. But we've been born again. We are not failed nature individuals anymore. We are not failed nature. See, you have to learn to see yourself new. When, that, you, that when, you begin, when you begin to see yourself as new, then you no longer identify with your falling human nature. You now identify with your God nature. And, 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 and what happens is when you begin to identify with your God nature, failure doesn't become your option. Why? Because failure is not in you. And I know people say, oh, that's arrogant. Everybody fails. Everybody fails when they don't hear Holy Spirit. But you can train your senses to hear the Holy Spirit so that you walk through this life without misstep. I know people say, oh, that just can't be done. But it's because they're seeing themselves as, as, as human. And the Bible says you're going to always fail if you put your trust in mere humans. But we're not mere humans because we don't we don't we don't we don't, we don't we don't succumb to the place that that we operate in this life 
based on our own abilities. We move and have our being in Christ. And Christ doesn't, Christ can do everything but what? Fail. Where we have a huge opportunity to grow as a body. Mm -hmm. Where we have a huge, don't take that scripture down, Marlo. Where we have a huge opportunity to grow as a body is that we don't actually see ourselves as new. We don't. That is why our old nature has so much control over us. Because whatever you identify, that's why I said that's, whatever I, you that's why I said we had to change that language just a little yes. bit. Because it's not what you love, but it's what you identify. You can hate your old nature, but if you keep identifying with it, that's what you're gonna keep showing no, up. No, I at. think that's good. You telling the truth. That's what now. you're gonna show up at. So what I I so Anything, I taught this last Sunday, mm -hmm. anything I identify with yep. that is outside of my Christ nature is a product of a failed mindset. Mm -hmm. So it, I'm born again. Yep. I'm born again, but I still believe I'm something Jesus says I'm not. Yes. And because I believe I'm that, I operate yes. as that. Yes. I use this example all the time. Every because you because you believe it, right? Your thoughts are the control center of what you'll become. And so because you're believing what about yourself, not you, but as a person believes all of us, uh, uh, but, but as we believe about ourselves, our old identity, everything in us works to produce that old identity, even if we want something new. Even if we want something new, our, our, our actions, our behavior, our values, our attitudes, everything starts coming together to become that old thing because that's what we think. And when we think that way, everything in us is working to produce what we think, even though we desire something else. The Apostle Paul talks about this in the book of Romans. He says, when I would to do good, he says, I find myself doing bad. Why? Because he keeps identifying with that bad nature. So until we can identify with our new Christ nature on a consistent basis, we won't produce consistent Christ-like behaviors. You was preaching good. I'm preaching to myself. I got work. I, I, listen. But well, we all got I, growing we, we do. We but do. I wanna, but we I want to say this because I think that this will help us. Cursed, empowered to fail. Mm -hmm are those who put their trust in mere humans. Mm -hmm. I want some of y'all to insert a word right here that'll help you. Willpower. Willpower. Who rely on willpower. willpower. Mm -hmm. When I allow, allow on willpower, he says, I turn my heart from God. Because where the power I'm seeking is not from God, it's from will. It's so, self-will. So hear me. This go help somebody. I'm trying to use willpower my God. to lose weight my God. instead of my new identity. My God. So the reason I keep failing is that I keep thinking I got to be strong enough in and of myself to lose the weight. Mm. So, but I'm not strong enough because the Bible just told me that anybody who puts their trust in human strength and willpower is cursed to fail. Mm. What does that look like? I lose 20 pounds. I gain 25 back. Here's what did not happen in the process. Mm. I must first stop seeing myself, seeing myself as a person who uses food to medicate. Mm. Now that goes back to what mm. you said. I have a legitimate need 
to manage stress, mm. but I am getting it met in an illegitimate means. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have a legitimate means for comfort. It's a legitimate need. Mm -hmm. I was designed to be comforted. Mm -hmm. I was designed to be at peace. Mm -hmm. I am now using food or wine or marijuana because I want to say this. As a salve for trauma. I'm using mm. it as a salve mm. and I am now trusting it mm. to be my comfort. And then Rather than I, the comforter. Mm -hmm. mm. And then when I get tired of it, I am trusting myself to break its power mm, from over But me. I can't because I've made it a God. But do, are y'all hearing what we saying up in here? And so God always mm. frees us inside out. Mm -hmm. He frees us inside mm, out. Mm -hmm. The way he frees us inside out yes. is he begins to deal with our inner image. Mm -hmm. If I want to stop smoking, yes. I must stop identifying as a smoker. And not just stop identifying. I got to see myself as a non-smoker. I must see myself. I got to see myself differently. You know, it's funny because we, we talk about, because whether it's food, whether it's sex, whether it's gambling, whether, it, whether, it, whether, whether it's, uh, you know, drugs, alcohol, whatever, though we call those things addictions, right? But anything that we allow to become a God in our life is an addiction. It's an addiction. And, and, and Jesus has the power to break that addiction. In fact, if you look in John 8, 36, here's how he says it. And it makes so much sense. It says, so if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Here's the problem. Jesus sets me free, but I keep identifying as a slave. As a slave. So I'm a slave to food. Yes. I'm a slave to people's yes. opinions. I'm a slave to sex outside of marriage. I'm a slave to my children. I'm a slave to lack. I'm a slave to it. So even though he has freed me, He's freed me. my internal image does not match what he has done. Even though indeed you are free. Because I do not meditate mm. on him and my new image. Mm. I meditate on my faith. I just heard the Holy Spirit I say this. I believe more about my old self than I do about my new self. The Holy Spirit, literally, as I was finishing that sentence, he said, tell my people that as long as they exalt their failures, mm. they can't be free. Mm. As long as they exalt mm. their situations, mm. they cannot be mm. free. Mm. as long as they say mm. I've been struggling with this weight so long mm. I've been struggling for love so long mm. I work so hard as long as you exalt it mm. it will stay mm. as the God of your, your life. life and then so what happens is I exalt this thing as God in my life now I want to hear Ooh, this and I want to hear this your willpower can't replace the God Yo, and I want you to hear this most of the things we're in bondage to we did not set out to make covenant with. Right. Now I got to right. tell you, right. I got to tell you that if you overeat, you have covenant with food. Yeah. If you have sex outside of marriage, you have covenant with lust. Yes. If you watch porn, you have a covenant yeah. with lust, yeah. right? Yeah. You, you got to acknowledge yeah. it for what it is, right? Because if I don't acknowledge it for what it is. And stop just saying I'm human. No, you're, no, not. you're not. You're if not just human anymore. If you're born again, you're not just human. I was talking to you yesterday about something. This is going to help somebody. I was talking to you yesterday about this thing called food noise. Yes. Right? 
And food noise is this thing for people who think about food all the time, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So I was reading about food noise and it was saying, and you immediately said, oh, does food noise come from food insecurity? Mm -hmm. And I said, it's one of the places that it comes from, but food noise can also come from a family that used food as comfort and celebration. Yes. Because if you use food- Because it's, it's not always just using food as trauma. If you got used to using food or you got used to using alcohol or anything, even as celebration, then you find yourself every time something good happened going to that or using that so that you can feel celebratory. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, what happens for most of us. Hey, even, hey man, you, you, you can hear. I, I like that people are calling out what they have covenant to because it's not about hiding. If you call it out, you can be free from it. So you have a covenant with a lie. Mm. It's lie-based thinking. And y'all need to hear me. Just because it feel real don't make it God. It doesn't. It doesn't make it. it, it, doesn't. it make, Just it because makes you it. think it doesn't make it God. So I want to finish this with food noise. If you grew up in a family and that family used food for celebration and comfort, there is never not a time to eat. Right. We talk about sometimes that if we get together in a group, we'll be eating and people will be talking about the next meal we're going to yeah. eat. That's food noise. Yep. Yep. That food noise is a result of food being used to feel all of these other things. Other things yes. Baby, you won. Yes. Here's some cake. Yep. Baby, you lost. Yep. Here's some cake. Yep. Baby was born. Yep. Here's some cake. Yep. Baby died. Yep. Here's some cake. Yep. And so, and I want you to hear this. Everybody who struggles with food noise is not obese. That's right. That's right. Because you can be a, just like you can be a smoker and not have cancer. Yes. You can be addicted to food and not be overweight. Yeah, yeah. The problem is not what your body looks like. Your problem is what is happening inside of you yes. and why you yes. eat. So I want to give you a practical way to be able to begin to break the power of food noise mm -hmm. for you. You have to begin to say to yourself, I only use food for its intended purpose. Yep. I only use food for its intended purpose. Now we're talking about food, but you know you could put anything you can else put in. I can say, yeah, we're talking. How can that. I? How you can I get that. out of fornication? Yep. I only use sex for mm -hmm. its intended purpose. Mm -hmm. I'm not married. I don't have sex. Yep. I don't sit and meditate on things that dishonor God right. because I can never get free. Go back to Jeremiah 17. So here's what. I, come on, y'all go set yourselves free. Yep. And listen, what's gonna happen? Hear what the Lord, and this is what the Lord been saying to us all year with the guiding word, right? There is an ease. There's an ease coming. There is an ease. There's an ease. As we allow Holy Spirit to align our souls with what's mm. true, you're going to stop struggling to lose weight. And you're going to naturally lose weight because you are only using food for its intended purpose. And you have a, you, and, and he says, and I got in word, he says, believe my word. Believe my words. He said that, that is the key for this ease coming on your life. Believe my 
Word. Believe my words. Good. So I get up and I got to say to myself, when I get up in the morning, I only use food for its intended purpose. That's right, Kim. There's an ease coming. With every struggle in our life, there's an ease as we believe and trust God. It's going to be as easy. And, that, and that's, it's a picture of what that ease was. And I know I keep going back to the I love what BJ dream. said. What did he say? BJ paid. What she say? She puts in dot, 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 uh -huh. whatever your other thing yep. is. Yep, yep. And, and, and I think about the ease. When Jesus was walking toward us and those people were on the right side, just his presence changed. There was such ease with it. Every single person. And I, when I say, if in my dream, if I could get, if I could pull y'all into my dream and see, I'm talking thousands. It was like so many people that you, so beautiful. you couldn't, I mean, you couldn't, I couldn't hardly see them. But, 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 but every, and he was so far away. But as he started to walk, the, his, his walking just changed. It's that kind of ease. It wasn't no, and I'm not trying to be funny, it wasn't no laying on hands, it wasn't no falling out, it wasn't no oil, it wasn't no speaking in tongues. Jesus' it was presence. Him. It was him. It was, the, it was his anointing, and it just changed. It was that great ease that we've been talking about, and I think it was an illustration that God gave me to show me what is that great ease going to look like. How many of y'all know this need to be preached to the whole world? Listen. How many of you know this need... The church first and the world. Oh wow, we've been going an hour and twenty minutes. It needs to be preached to the whole world. I want to, I want, I want to say this because I don't just want to end with food. The thing that you said that I think is so, so many powerful things that you said. I want you guys to really acknowledge that it is nothing wrong with the need. Nothing wrong with the need. No, sin comes from getting a legitimate need met through, through an, illegitimate, an source. illegitimate source. So it's not that it's wrong to be loved. It is who you are attempting to get love from. And the Lord said, there's somebody he wants to break this off of. You do a lot of stuff for attention. You do a lot of stuff for attention because it's where you get your value. Mm. You do a lot of, for, for some, this is what I hear. For some of you, you overwork yourselves. For some of you, you overgive. Mm, you overcommit. You overcommit. Mm. Some of you post a lot of things on mm. social media. For because For attention, mm. for validation. Because in you, there is this constant message that you are not enough and that you are not loved. So I got to tell you what that is. That is lie-based thinking. Mm -hmm. I need you to put it in the comments. It is lie-based thinking. And honestly, and we know where lie-based thinking comes from. From the devil. Because the Bible says he is the father of lies. It is lie-based thinking. And so the devil has convinced you that you must perform, you must entertain, you must be clapped for you must do these things and some of you have gotten yourselves in and you have gotten yourselves in these situations and i just heard the lord say he wants to extract you mm. from these situations that you have gotten yourself into because you believe the lie that you were not loved now you ain't got to tell me what your thing is but if that's you i wish you would call it out and say yes that is me right there and that you have run yourself ragged you, it, it's lie-based thinking. And you, I mean, you need to hear me. You cannot perform enough. Yeah. You cannot give enough. You cannot do enough. And you cannot be extreme enough to deal with this lie in your soul. Mm -hmm. 
this lie in your soul must be eradicated in his presence. Mm -hmm. You must sit with him until that lie is silenced. Yes. His, no, his, uh, his, his uh, word has to become so loud that that lie gets silenced because it's not going to ever go away because the enemy is always going to try to bring it back up. His word has to just be loud enough. His his word, it's it's like it's like the, the best way I can describe it is we talk about silencing the enemy. The truth is, it's not so much of our silencing the enemy, is that we magnify God's word. God's word gets so loud in our lives that we simply don't hear the noise. It's like if you have really good windows on your house, right? You have really good windows on your house. You don't hear the noise outside. It's not that the noise is not happening. It's not that the garbage truck is not still coming down the street. It's not that the wind is not blowing. It's not that the kids aren't playing. It's that you so insulated where you live that you don't hear the noise. And I, and I think what, what happens for many people is they want the noise to totally be silent. And they get frustrated and they think they're not delivered because they sometimes hear the noise. It's not that you it's, it's, it's not that you're not delivered. It's that you got to make sure that you keep your insulation up. It's why we tell people you need to read your word every day. It's why we tell people you need to come to these services. It's why we tell people you need to take communion. When you have a problem or a situation, don't sit there and magnify the situation. Get communion and say, God, I thank you that the blood of Jesus and the sacrifice you made for me is greater than any problem I could ever face. Absolutely. And then you spend time praying in the Holy Spirit. Why? Because sometimes you don't know what to pray. But the Bible says that when we pray in the Holy Spirit, that we build up our most holy faith. We're not telling you to do these four things because we ain't got nothing else to do. We're telling you this because we want to help you solidify your life so that you can stop the noise from overtaking you. Because the noise ain't going to stop, but you can make God's word so loud you forget about the noise. Because literally the Lord said, man, you was preaching so good I, it's, it's, it's so real to but, me because... But, this is what it's, it's, it's people keep talking about the church ain't doing nothing and, and how what's the point in going to church because you don't know how to live if somebody don't teach you. Because what? Because the Bible says you got to have a teacher. Somebody's got to teach you. And if he's given us this to teach and you say, well, I, I want to live better. You got to come and participate. And, and I heard the Lord say there, there are several people here that literally because you don't know, I'm not saying you haven't accepted Jesus. I'm saying because you don't know his presence, you literally have a vacuum in you that needs to be told you are loved constantly. And you know it's a vacuum, you will know this is you that I'm talking to. Because it's such a vacuum, you forget how many times somebody does tell you. Mm. So literally, if you're not because you always need me, because you it's a vacuum mm. for you that and it's lie based thinking. And so literally, you always need someone saying, I love you. You're amazing. I love you. You're amazing. That is an indication that you have lie based thinking. And Jesus wants to heal you from the inside out. And, 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 and I want you to hear me. I don't just want you to read the word. I want you to take these scriptures and ask him to make them real to you. 
babe, you've read a lot of scriptures, right? Mm -hmm. But the way you saw Jesus, that is more real yeah. to you. Mm -hmm. You have got to, I love it. Ivy said, that's me. I renounce lie-based things. She's not the only one. It's several of you. Mm -hmm. It is several of you that you get into bad relationships. You're always looking for someone to love. There is somebody right now, you are in a relationship that you know you should not be in, but because the person show you love, you're in this relationship that you know you should not be in. It's lie-based thinking. And this is what I saw when you, when you told me about the dream. What I saw is that there is a magnification of Jesus that is about to break in the natural what was already broken in the spirit. Mm. That there are literally going to be people, not because you're performing, just because you start to just sit and say, I really want to know you. I really want to, I really want to know you. I really want to be, I, come on, Nitra. She said, they are actually not showing that. They are actually only showing the person attention. That's the problem with people who get a lot of hype off social media. It's not love, it's attention. Mm -hmm. It's not support, mm -hmm. it's attention. And, 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 and you get so desperate that you will take negative attention over the intention God has for you. But the thing that was so powerful to me is that this light of Jesus is was touching these people, right? As he just came by them, right? And I want you to begin to say, I don't want to know about you. I want to know you. Mm -hmm. I want to, I really want to know you. I don't care if you don't read 30 scriptures this week. Right. Take one of these mm -hmm. scriptures, take John 8 and say, all right, Jesus, all right, Holy Spirit, you said, so if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Make this my life. Mm -hmm. Show me I'm free. Make this my mm -hmm. life. I want you to begin to take scripture and say, scripture's about freedom and say, make this my life. Mm -hmm. Help me expose, uncover, break up with, leave anything that keeps me in bondage. Make this my life. Mm -hmm. How many of you can see that that's the work you need to do mm -hmm. this week? Make this my life. Wherever I'm out of sync with you, mm -hmm. wherever I still have lie-based thinking, make this my life. I repent for trusting myself. I repent for thinking I was smart enough. I repent for trying to use willpower for what the Holy Spirit wanted to free me from. I repent for settling for management when God was offering me freedom. Mm -hmm. Guys, I hope this bless y'all today. Listen, I'm a, I want to end with this. I want to end with John 14 and 27. I just want you to think about this week as you're meditating on what Pastor Sean was talking about, as you're, as you're freeing yourself from all that lie-based thinking. Life. He says, peace. That's what we talked about. Jesus is peace. That's the only place you can get it from. Everything else is illegitimate. Mm. He says, peace, I leave with you. That's what he's saying to us on today. He is leaving with us peace. peace. He says, my peace. In other words, don't get it confused. It's not that illegitimate peace that we get from, from other sources. He says, peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give you. He says, I do not give you peace as the world gives, right? He says, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. 
on this week, I want you to think about this as you think about all the things we've talked about. Jesus wants to give you his peace. He wants to give you his peace just like he gave his peace to those thousands of people I saw him walking down that cathedral hallway with. He, he wants to give you the kind of peace that doesn't come from, from getting peace tonight and having a hangover in the morning. He doesn't want to give you the kind of peace where you feel loved tonight, but then you feel alone and used because and, and, and you've given up your body the next day. That's, that's the world's kind of peace. He wants to give you his peace. His peace is nothing missing. His nothing broken. His shalom. He wants to give you that. He says, and in doing so, he says, do you do not allow your heart to be troubled. Don't let that lie-based thinking get magnified. And because here's what we know. As you as you begin to, to, to try to dominate that lie-based thinking, the enemy wants it to stay. So he may do some things and have some things around you that make, make it seem like that lie-based thinking is real. But you got to keep casting it down based on what God has said. What God has said is more true than anything else we can say to ourselves if it doesn't line up with his word. Amen. Listen, maybe you want to give your life to the Lord today. Maybe you want to rededicate your life today. If that's you, if you want to give your life to the Lord today, listen, I just want you to say, if you want to give your life to the Lord today, you want to rededicate your life, just say, I acknowledge that Jesus is my Savior. Mm -hmm. I acknowledge that I need freedom from sin and I invite Jesus to be the Lord of my life. Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit, take my life and do something with do it. Do something with it. Now, if you want to be a partner of Fellowship of Champions, we just need you to go to the form. The form should be working now. If it's not working, please reach out to Pastor Ralph, Pastor Edwin, yep. and they'll take care of it. We really are believing God for you for supernatural breakthrough. We are believing for an ease that as you walk with Jesus, things that you have struggled with for years, decades even, will begin to break off of you. And people will say, how do you do that? And you will say, it was Jesus. Jesus did it. Because he is the answer. Because he Christ is, is the, the answer. There is a Christ for, for that. that. <laughs> That's what he said. Listen, y'all be sure to give today. That when you when that little box when you do your giving, you need to say there's a Christ, there's for, a Christ that. for that. You need there's a Christ Whatever for that. Whatever it is, there's there a Christ. There is for a that. Christ. I get it now. There is a Christ, <laughs> there's for, a Christ that. for that. And I want you to pray for Pastor Elwin and I that as we study this, I want you to begin to pray. That the Lord would pull out of us every bit of revelation that you need to be free. Mm -hmm. Every bit of revelation that you need for your family to be free. Every bit of revelation that you need for a turnaround, for ease, mm -hmm. for deliverance. Pray for us that as we study this, that whatever heaven wants us to give the earth about this, it will be released and that we will not be distracted and that there will be thousands set free. That, did you hear me? Thousands set free because you go get it. You're going to go and give it away to other people. They're going to give it away to other people that this word would light for fire. That whatever you are going through, <laughs> there is a Christ for this. You know what? We As we as 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 we encounter problems, we got to tell ourselves that. But then we got to start telling our friends that. There's we'll, a Christ we'll, we'll for listen this. to your problem. But you know what? It's a, there's a Christ there's for a that. There's a Christ for this. There's a Christ for that. That's there's right. a Christ for this. Mm -hmm. We love you guys so much. Thank you. We're glad you're blessed by the word. We Thank you for you. hanging out with us. Thanks for hanging out with us. Y'all shout out Pastor Ellen for work taking that audible. We love you. We will see you at all the services this week. God bless you. God bless you. Have a great day.